Speaking of prayer, I want to give you something today from Scripture, whether you are a parent, a grandparent, or an aunt or an uncle, you may say aunt, aunt or uncle, foster parent, or really any of you who have any student who is a part of your life in any way. It may be a nephew, it may be whatever. And what I'm going to give you today is a prayer from Scripture for you to pray over that young man and that young woman or, or that child. If you're like me, you face moments, those occasional times, when your heart wants to pray. The desire to pray is there, but you're not even sure exactly how to pray. And that's why, you know, Scripture says that we ask the Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, what is it that you would even have us pray about? How do you want our hearts to be directed in prayer today? And thankfully, that's why we have the gift of the Holy Spirit who dwells within, who gives us guidance, gives us wisdom, and lets us know how we are to pray. But I'm always grateful when in the Bible we can find something that gives us specific direction, particularly when it comes to knowing how to pray. And literally, the Bible gives us the very words to pray when praying over our children or, or whatever child or student it is that, that's in your life. And it's a prayer not only for back to school for this season, but it's also a prayer that you can pray throughout the school year. And it's entirely possible that as we take a look at this prayer that I'm going to direct you to in just a moment, it's going to be in Psalm 144, that you will identify not only something for the student in your life, but you may identify something for yourself. I'm going to ask you, please don't raise your hand on this, but I'm going to ask you this question. How many of you parents have ever had the experience of recognizing something in yourself that somehow you didn't really ever allow the Lord to fully deal with, but eventually you had to face that same thing in your child? Don't raise your hand. What a joyous day it is when that happens. You look at them and you go, oh my God, oh no, that's me, oh no, oh, that's my wife and that child, you know. But please don't check out if you don't have children because it's entirely possible there's something here for you today also this morning. I think we can all agree today that our children need prayer. Can I get an amen to that? On uh, July the 4th, just a few weeks ago, while en route to a lakeside holiday party in East Texas that Becky and I were invited to, uh, Becky wanted to stop by Canton on her way to this I wasn't saying hallelujah on that day, but I'm glad you are. Husbands, let me tell you, now there's a sacrificial husband act for you if you ever need one. And for me, it ranks right up there with having to go to Sam Moon on a Saturday at Christmas time. That's the worst. Can I get an amen, brothers? Amen. But on the way, we stopped, um, it got off the the highway, and we were there in Canton, and there was a furniture home decor shop. Um, there were, then Becky said, oh, let's pull in there. So we did. And, um, she, and while we were in there, I saw a little sign. I've, I've seen this before, but I saw a little sign in there while Becky was browsing. And obviously, the store management was concerned about keeping their breakable items safe. Uh, and so there's this sign that, that said this, any children left unattended in our store will be given an espresso and a puppy. <laughs> I 
I happened to notice that every parent made sure they had their child firmly in tow. How many know your children don't need an espresso? And they probably don't need a puppy. But what your child does need is a parent who knows how to pray for them. Amen? It was Matthew Henry, the great theologian and commentator from Scotland, who said that every day he would pray this prayer over his children. And he taught them, and he taught them to pray this prayer for themselves. I want you to listen to this prayer that Matthew Henry, the great theologian and commentator, um, prayed for over his children and taught them to pray for themselves. It was this, I take God the Father to be my God. I take God the Son to be my Savior. I take the Holy Spirit to be my sanctifier. I take the Word of God to be my rule. I take the people of God to be my people. And I hereby dedicate and yield my whole life to the Lord and deliberately, freely, and forever will serve that God. What a powerful prayer that was written some 200 years ago from Matthew Henry. Most of you know, or many of you know, that I was raised in a pastor's home. I grew up a pastor's kid, pastor's son. And because I sang, or at least I tried to, it was not unusual for my father to call me out in the middle of the service uh, without warning, without any notice whatsoever, and he would say something like this, my son is coming now to sing, and he had a list, and there was usually the top three songs, and I you know, always knew what the, the, the number one was, it was probably I was going to be called on to sing. Didn't matter what my opinion was about it. Didn't matter how prepared I was for it. If Dad called, I was going to get up and sing. How many of you, do you remember Brother Jackson, that, that school of instant in-season and out-of-season? It's just what you did, particularly if you're the pastor's son. Well, he had his list of his top three, three songs, and I couldn't help but think this week, certainly as I looked at the one verse that I'm going to share with you in just a moment, this song came to my mind, and those of you who have been around here the last few years know that I, I can hardly preach any kind of message without some old song coming to my mind because that's just the way it is. But this song went like this. I was made in his likeness, created in his image, for I was born to serve the Lord. And I can't deny him. I'll always walk beside him, for I was born to serve the Lord. Yes, my hands were made to help my neighbor. My eyes were made to read God's word. My feet were made to walk in his footsteps. My body is the temple of the Lord, for I was made in his likeness, created in his image, for I was born to serve the Lord. And that's exactly what Matthew Henry is praying over his children and the prayer that he taught them to pray, where he said that I hereby dedicate and yield my whole life to the Lord and deliberately, freely, and forever will serve the Lord. More than ever before, dear church, children today need powerful prayers from their parents and those who have spiritual influence in their lives. And this brings me to the focus of what I want to share with you this morning. And it's this. There's a prayer in the book of Psalms that I present to you today that is so important. And I think it will truly help us as we pray for our sons and our daughters, our grandchildren, nieces and nephews, whoever, whatever student or young person's in your life. So take your Bible and turn with me for just one verse. I'm sure they'll put it on the screen in just a second. But you're going to find in the book of Psalms... And it's the 144th Psalm, Psalm 144. And I read to you the words of David, which he gave us in verse 12, when he said this. 
Let our sons in their youth be as grown-up plants and our daughters as corner pillars fashioned for a palace. There it is. Let's read it together. Come on, speak it out with me. Let Now, this is a prayer that David gives us that is using tremendous imagery and very picturesque language as he is prone to do. But I want us to look at it in just a little bit of depth this morning and see if there's something that we as parents, grandparents, and those with spiritual influence over the lives of students can can find for us. Here's what he's saying. For our boys, our young elementary Boys and, and middle school young men and high school young men. He says this, let them in their youth be like grown-up plants. How many of you have ever heard or said these words? At your age. Let me see your response. You've never said that, okay. What David is saying in this prayer is way beyond that. In fact, what David is saying, he's not saying, act your age in this prayer that he gives us in verse 12, but rather he's saying, act beyond your age. David is commissioning young men, young sons to go beyond their age in their minds and in their hearts. He was simply teaching us to pray. Those of us who have the responsibility to pray for young students and young people, he was saying, give them a maturity beyond their years. Now, I know what some of you are thinking already. You don't know the young man that's in my life. I'm dealing with all kinds of stuff. And you may be, but I want you to stay with me this morning. And I want you to really understand the necessity of those of us who have spiritual influence, how important it is that we pray. It was John Calvin who said this. Rarely do you see a young tree grow up or grow large early. He said it's a miracle or a rarity. Something that you very rarely see. Rarely do you see a young tree grow up or grow large early. And yet, that is exactly what David was teaching us to pray for our sons. It was Julius Charles Hare who said, If a gentleman is to grow up, he must grow up like a tree. There must be nothing between him and heaven. A plant grown up having height in its stem, width in its branches, abundance in its foliage, and fullness in its bloom is conspicuous, but conspicuous in a good way. It stands out above all of the others in the ways of the Lord. And in our verse this morning, David is asking us to pray the impossible. You've maybe already determined it's an impossible situation in your case. I don't know, but that's what David is asking us to pray. And I don't know about you, but I still believe we serve the God of the impossible. Oh, that was weak. I believe we still serve the God of the impossible. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. I've lived enough years. I've seen enough people who've walked in the ways of God. I've had enough examples this week that were shown to me this week of people in this fellowship who face the impossible And somehow, absolutely miraculously, God met the need. Church, we serve a God of the impossible. And David is asking us to pray this prayer that seems very, very impossible. 
To pray something that's rarely seen, he says. He was saying, let's pray that our young men will be men who stand out above the others. Let's pray that they will be men who are not given to hormones and peer pressure. But they are given over to God who can and will make them wise beyond their years. That's the prayer you need to be praying for the young men in your life. And let me say this to those of you young uh, parents who have, who have small children. It's not too early to begin to pray that over your son. Even if he is an infant. You, I would encourage you as your pastor, begin praying that now. Here's what David was saying. Let them be a grown-up plant in their youth, which means simply this. God, give them maturity not only beyond their years, but also beyond their peers. Give them grown-up vision. Give them grown-up disciplines. Give them grown-up friends and values. Get them out of this video game mode and let them see the reality of life. I'm not hearing you. Let them see things for what they really are. Give them the ability to measure their decisions in the long term. He's asking us to pray what appears impossible to us today. What David is saying, let our sons be as grown-up plants to where they can see relationships and see them not from what their peers say, but they can see from beyond their peers. And it may seem impossible to us today, but we serve the God of the impossible. I happen to believe, church, that God puts a prayer like this in the Bible so that we can pray them over our sons. I think it's time for us to simply believe that God is going to take our sons and our grandsons, our nephews, and make them wise beyond their years. And to be the grown-up plant even in their youth that God has destined them to be. Who's with me on that today? Well, then there's the other part of the verse. David, in this psalm, speaks to our daughters. And he tells us what we should pray over them. He says, we should pray. Put the scripture back up, please, if you would. He says, we should pray that our daughters would be pillars Fashioned as for a palace. That our daughters would be corner pillars, some versions say, for a palace. And the truth is, if you want to study that, there's a lot to be, to be gleaned, to be extracted from that. What I believe he was saying to us was this. Let our daughters feel out of place in every cheap place. That any time... Someone wants to bring them to a cheap place that would tend to take away their royalty. Let them be reminded that they are a princess of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let every time that someone tries to cheapen them, oh God, let them feel out of, out of place. That ought to be the prayer of every mother, every father in this house for your daughter. Every time someone tries to lessen who God has designed them to be, let it be a miserable experience for them. Let them not feel comfortable in any cheap place. And let them always be reminded that they are pillars in your palace, O oh Lord. For they were made in your likeness, created in your image. They were born to serve the Lord. Let them feel out of place except in the presence of royalty, in the presence of the King Jesus. Let them consider themselves worth way more than what any boy can ever tell them. Amen? Let them desire to always be in your palace, almighty King. 
and not in some relationship that would never honor you. Most of you have heard of the great boxer Muhammad Ali. Some of you will know that his daughter Layla began to pick up the mantle of boxing that had been her father's. The story goes that was given to me that Muhammad Ali's daughters, Layla and Hannah, arrived at his home wearing clothes that were quite revealing. Layla tells the story that when we finally arrived, the chauffeur escorted me and my sister up to my father's suite. And as usual, he was hiding behind the door so he could scare us. That was what he always did. We exchanged the hugs, the kisses that we could give him on that one day because we hadn't seen him in a while and we knew that he was suffering from Alzheimer's. We wanted to tell him how much we loved him. But my father took a good look at us and he sat us down and he said this to the both of us. He said, listen, Layla and Hannah, Everything that God made valuable in the world is covered and hard to get to. Listen to this, he says. Where do you find diamonds? Deep down in the ground, covered and protected. Where do you find pearls? Deep down at the bottom of the ocean, protected by a beautiful shell. Where do you find gold, Layla? Way down in a mine, covered over with layers and layers of rock, and you've got to work hard to get to it. And he looked at the both of us and he said, the body God gave you is sacred. It is far more precious than diamonds, pearls, or gold, and that's why it needs to be covered up also. (laughs) Simply a challenge for modesty. Pillars in the palace means our daughters would see themselves as costly, rare, expensive, valuable, women of worth, and part of the king's family. Corner pillars fashioned or cut after the pattern that God wants them to be. Their value doesn't come from how many likes they get on Facebook. Can I just share that with you today? It frightens me to see the impact social media has upon our students today. They don't get enough as many likes on their posting as somebody else did. They feel like less of a person. That's not the mindset of someone who is a pillar in the palace. And parents, we have the obligation. We have the responsibility. Any of us with spiritual influence over our students to remind them where their true worth is. For they were made in his likeness, created in his image. They were born to serve the Lord. Mom and dad... Nana and Papa, your job in fashioning them or cutting them after the pattern is for you to remind them who they are and what God has done in their lives. Dads and grandpas, remind that precious young lady that she is beautiful in God's sight. She is rare in God's sight. She's unique in God's sight. Don't let anybody cheapen you, dear one, for you are a pillar in God's palace. Those are the words you need to be saying to that young lady. And dad, your daughter doesn't need to hear from other men how beautiful she is. She needs to hear it from you. So when some boy shows up and, 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 and here's, what, here's what you want your daughter to understand when some boy approaches her and he says this, he tells her how gorgeous she is or how fine she is or whatever, her response will be this, oh, thank you very much. My father has already told me that. Let's be honest about this, men. There are other men just waiting 
to tell your wife or tell your daughter what you should be telling them. We have a job to encourage. We have a job to nourish. We have a job to cherish them. And we have a responsibility to pray. Fathers, you don't want some other man doing that job for you. You need to look at that young lady in your life and say, Dear one, you are a pillar in God's palace. So we just simply say today, Oh God, give us wisdom as parents, as grandparents, aunts, uncles, single moms. We have single moms in the house today. Foster parents. Give us the wisdom to fashion them for that palace. Let them never feel at home in mud and the slime of this world and in places they have no business being. So this morning, church, it's very simple. Just this one verse we've shared with you. Our prayer for our children and students is simply this. For our sons, wisdom beyond their years. Wisdom beyond their peers. For the young men in our children's church here at Bethesda, in the youth ministry of Bethesda, God, give them wisdom beyond their years. For the young men of Bethesda Christian School, God, give them wisdom beyond their years. For our daughters, God, we are believing that you are going to make them pillars in the palace. Let them see themselves as costly. Let no one bring them into a cheap place, but let them remember that they are daughters of the king, for they were made in your likeness. They were created in your image. They were born to serve you, O mighty king. And the church said, amen. Amen. Now we turn to the educators. This is not only a day that we want to honor you, educators, and we're This is a day that we also want to pray for you. And in just a moment, we're going to ask you to come. Pastor Brent, if you would come. But here's what I would like to do. I want to do this decently and in order because there's usually lots of folks who respond to this. I'm going to ask all of you who are on the prayer team, if you first would come and take your place across the front and face the congregation. And they, all of these folks on the prayer team, have a little vial of oil. Because we believe what the Scripture says, anointing with oil, praying the prayer of faith. And that's what we want to do today. We're going to take a little dab of oil, put it right on your forehead, because we're going to do this in the, in the biblical way. And then I was asked this week in a staff meeting by, by Suzanne Edwards, who, heads our, who does a magnificent job heading our preschool ministry. She said, Pastor Dan, I know that we're, we're doing this, we're praying for educators, but could we include our Sunday school teachers of Bethesda in this group? And then she began giving me names of people who have served. Oh, man, it was, a, it was an A list of people that have served over many years, many of them, many, many years. And I began to think about those people and the quality of their lives and how well they have served Bethesda for, for so very, very long. So when we make this appeal in just a moment, and I'll tell you how we will do this, I include those of you from Bethesda who are Sunday school teachers, and I ask you to come as well, not just those who who are teaching in Monday through Friday school. And so I'm going to ask everyone to stand, if you would, please. As Pastor Brent leads us in, in something for us to sing together and worship together, I'm asking for our Sunday school teachers to come. I'm asking for all of you who are educators uh, in the entire building today. Certainly those of you who teach at the Bethesda Child Development Center, those of you who teach in Bethesda Christian School, those of you who are involved in the educational process of Bethesda School of Ministry, all of our three educational branches here, we're asking you to come. But not only those, 
You may not teach on this campus, but you are a teacher or an administrator or you're involved in the educational process. We ask you to come as well because we're simply praying for all educators today that the grace of the Lord would be upon you for this year. And we're going to believe this is going to be the best year yet, not only for our students, but for you as an educator, that your heart will be expanded, that you'll begin to get new enlightenment, something fresh from the Word, something fresh from the Lord, new encouragement, new, new ideas, fresh ways of presenting that which you are called upon to teach. Whatever it is, we're asking that to happen. Brother Jackson, I'm going to ask you if you would come and join me. I'm going to have you lead in just a moment in prayer. But let's sing, and as, we, as Pastor Brent leads us, all of the educators come, and these folks are going to anoint you with right now. Let's do it. Come on.